Welcome to Bible Stories with Dad, where I read a Bible story. So, picking up where we left off, end of Acts chapter 15, uh, Barnabas was being Barnabas, uh, just like whenever everybody was hesitant to accept Paul, called Saul at the time, and Barnabas was like, yeah, come on in. Um, Paul and Barnabas were getting ready to set out on a missionary journey, and Barnabas said, hey, let's take this John Mark guy, and Paul's like, no, he left us last time, he didn't, he didn't hang with us. And Barnabas is like, oh, come on, give him another chance. Well, so they split up. Barnabas goes with John Mark, and Paul takes a guy named Silas with him. And they both head out on separate missionary journeys. And we're going to kind of follow Paul and Silas at this point. They head out. Uh, they meet Timothy. They pick him up. He's going to hang out with them. And they head on out, keep going. And there are a couple of places they do try to go, but... The Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit won't let them go there. Uh, it won't. The Holy Spirit won't let them go into Asia, and the Holy Spirit won't let them go into a place called Bithynia. So, eventually they come to a place called Troas, or Troas, I think it's Troas, and Paul gets a vision. While he's at night, probably asleep, he has a vision of someone from Macedonia, which is in northern Greece, who's, the man is standing there, and he's calling out to Paul and, and asking him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So, Paul and the folks with him come to the conclusion that God is calling them to go preach there. So they get on a boat, and head straight across, and eventually get to Philippi, which is a major city in Macedonia. It's a Roman colony, but it's a Macedonian city. So they're, they're, they're moving out away from where they've been preaching in the past. So they stay there for a couple days. Sabbath day comes around, and they head out of town a little ways to a riverbank where people would meet for prayer. And they sit down, start talking to some of the ladies who'd gathered there. One of them's a lady named Lydia. Um, she's described as a merchant of expensive purple cloth and as a worshiper of God. Now, as she's listening, the Lord opens her heart and she accepts what Paul's saying and she and her whole household are baptized. And so she asks Paul and Silas and Timothy, those that are with her, hey, you know what? If you agree that I'm a true believer, why don't you come stay at my place? And so she urges them and they come stay at her place. Everything's going hunky-dory until they go down one day to the place of prayer, and they meet this girl who was a slave, who was possessed by a spirit that would enable her to tell the future. Well, she earned a lot of money for the people that owned her, her masters, by telling fortunes this way. Well, she followed Paul and, and everybody else that were in his group and, and shouted that these men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved. And that sounds like a good thing. You know, it sounds like a good thing because somebody's out there saying, hey, these people are are the ones that you should be listening to. The problem is why she's saying it. You see, even back when, when it was Jesus, he didn't let the demons, he didn't let them testify to who he was. Because, you know, you want to be known by people who are good that you're good. You want people with a good reputation to say that you have a good reputation. If somebody with a terrible reputation is going around saying that you have a good reputation, that doesn't help a whole lot, okay? Anyway, so she's following him around saying this, and 
Paul eventually just gets exasperated. He's just frustrated beyond where he wants to go with this. He finally turns around, says to the demon insider, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And instantly, the demon left her. Now, you would think this is a good thing. She's been possessed. She's not anymore. But her owners are not happy because they were making good money off of her. Now, their income from her, even though it was from something bad, they were making money, and now they're not. So now they're not happy with Paul. So they grab Paul and Silas and drag him before the authorities down in, in, at the marketplace, town square or whatever, and say, the whole city's in an uproar because of these Jews. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And so a mob forms against Paul and Silas, and the city officials order them to be beaten. They're, they're stripped and beaten with wooden rods. And they were beaten severely and then thrown in prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into stocks, which just, like, would make sure you couldn't move. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, because, you know, that's totally what I would think I would be doing if I was sitting in prison, right? But they were. And the other prisoners were listening, and then suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaking clear down to the very foundation, and all the doors flew open, and the chains of all the prisoners fell off. Well, logical assumption at that point would be that all the prisoners, which are now able to, are going to run out of the prison, right? That's exactly what the jailer figured happened. He woke up, saw the prison doors wide open, and you see what would happen if you were the jailer, and one of your prisoners got out, you got the punishment that the prisoner was supposed to get. So he grabs his sword and pulls it out, and he's getting ready to kill himself because, you know, he was going to die either way, and it'd be a little easier that way, he figured. And Paul shouted, Just stop! Don't kill yourself! We're all still here! So the jailer called for lights, and he ran into the dungeon, and he fell to his knees before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, Man, what do I have to do to be saved? And so they told him, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, along with everybody in your household. So they shared the word of the Lord with him and everyone who lived in his household. Even in the middle of the night, the jailer took care of them. He cared for them, he washed their wounds, and he and everybody in his household were baptized. He brought them into his house, he set a meal in front of them and fed them, and he and his whole household rejoiced because they all believed in God. The next morning, the city official sent the police to tell the jailer to let them go. So the jailer told Paul, hey, the city official said you guys are free to leave. Go in peace. And Paul's like, no, they beat us in public without a trial, and they put us in prison. And we're Roman citizens. Because you see, as a Roman citizen, he had rights that included not having that happen. He said, now they want us to leave secretly. I don't think so. Let them come down here and release us themselves. So the police took that back to the city officials, and the city officials were alarmed. They were scared to find out that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized personally and brought them out and begged them to just leave the city quietly. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they went back to Lydia's house. They met with the believers, and they encouraged them again. Then they left town. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week, and I'll see you next time.